As you probably figured out already, uh, Vaughn and Marsha are not uh, here today. Vaughn is uh, out of town. His niece was getting married this weekend in uh, Texas, and they were both very thankful, grateful to be able to be a part of that and to be around family this weekend. And um, it was about three months ago when uh, Vaughn approached me and asked if I would be willing to, to share with you this morning, to preach this morning. And I, I really appreciate Vaughn um, giving me that opportunity to, to delve into God's Word and to share that with you. Uh, but you know, there can be a lot of apprehension that comes with that responsibility, being asked to look into God's Word, see exactly what it says, and share that with others. Um, and I'm a little out of practice. I haven't preached as much since I've come here, and um, I I really do appreciate the opportunity, but I also um, don't take it very lightly. Um, The Word of God is is living and active, and it tells us that it pierces us, that it divides soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the attitudes of our heart. And um, I'm going to tell you the, the truth, you know, um, when you're studying, and I know some of you as Sunday school teachers, there's times when you're studying your lesson and and all of a sudden you say, well, Lord, this lesson was for me. <laughs> and I appreciate that um, that's what happens when we look into the Word of God. The day that Vaughn asked me, I was sitting here in the choir room a weekday and playing the piano, uh, going over some songs for Sunday, and I Immediately, as he was asking me the question, I immediately thought of this passage that I want to share with you this morning. It's in Philippians 2:14 and 15. It's a passage that I know well because the Lord has used this passage to speak to me, to show me uh, his will and his way in my life over and over and over again. And... Um, I actually, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I argued a little bit with the Lord. And I said, no, Lord, um, I know you, that passage came to mind, but that wasn't you. Um, so I'll, I'll do this. I'll preach like Vaughn's asked me to, but I'm not going to do that passage. So I did that for three months and finally realized this is where uh, God wants us to be today. Um, because His Word is living and active, and it speaks for itself. And I know that I feel challenged by this passage, so... I hope it does the same for you this morning as we allow God's word to divide and judge the attitudes of our hearts so that we can be more like him, more reflective of his glory and more of a channel for him to flow through. So Philippians 2, 14 through 15, I'll be reading it out of the New International Version, and it says this, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Now, don't get me wrong. I love this passage. I love that it tells us that in this dark and crooked world, we as Christians are shining like the stars in the sky. I love looking at the night sky. Um, there have been times in my life when I've just needed a release, a moment to, to de-stress, uh, to get away from the craziness of life. And so I've gotten in my car and I've driven out of town, away from the 
uh, light pollution that can happen in the city and just stopped maybe even on the side of the road and just looked up at the expansive night sky. All these beautiful stars shining and thinking about the vastness of the universe and how God holds all of this in his hands. He understands it. He gets it. He created it. And on some of those times when I've done this, um, I've seen, as I get out of my car and I look up, I've seen a shooting star. Wow, what beauty, what amazement. Um, And in that moment, I know that God is in control. Um, And all that stress, the stuff that I drove out to the country to escape. In that moment, I just thank God because I see the beauty of His hands. I see the greatness of all that He's created. And if He can create this and He understands this, then He understands everything. And not only that, not only His understanding, but His perfect timing, that shooting star didn't have to be there at that exact moment to provide me the peace that I needed. But there it was. God's timing is so perfect. And that's part of the reason why I love that this passage, that moment in time, you know, I'm looking at these stars and I'm reminded of the greatness of God. I'm reminded of the vastness of his knowledge and of the perfection of his timing. And I really do believe that that is exactly what Paul is saying here in this passage when he says, you will shine among them like stars in the sky. That is what you, my friend, that's what we as Christians do for the world around us. I mean, isn't that amazing? Wow. The stars shining and that is you. God, you can use us in such a way in the world. That's some good stuff. But here's the part of this passage that gives me the apprehension. Remember, I told you that the Bible is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates, it divides, it judges the thoughts and actions and the attitudes of our hearts. Because you see, in this passage, if we want to be this sort of picture to the world around us, shining like stars in the sky, if we want to have that sort of an impact on our world, there is a prescription here. There is a prerequisite. And we have to follow it. And it's this. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. (laughs) That word grumbling, it's this idea of a lack of contentment, a lack of faith in our God. It means, plain and simply, complaining. And isn't it so easy to complain? I mean, gosh, it's easy. I'm pretty good at it, you know. (laughs) I bet that most of us as human beings, we can say that we're pretty good at it, pretty good at complaining. We can grumble with the best of them. Whether it's the weather, our job, our spouse, our kids, our parents, our health, our country, our world, our neighbors, and it even goes even further, our church, our fellow Christians, the very people that, get, that Christ gave his life up for, and we love to complain about them. Doesn't that hit you hard? I mean, it, it hits me. It hits me right here. It's right down to 
the meat of the matter, judging the thoughts and attitudes of our hearts. And if that isn't enough, God doesn't stop with grumbling and complaining. He adds to it arguing, disputing, being at odds with each other, not being in unity. And these things, these two things, grumbling and arguing, they are things that we as human beings, we do. We all do it. It's in our nature. And it gets a little harder because the Bible doesn't just talk about complaining and arguing. No, Paul has to be very, very explicit, very clear, very exact, very straightforward. Takes it this far that he tells us to do everything. He doesn't say try to do some things. He doesn't say try to do most things. He says do everything without complaining and arguing. And if you're anything like me, when you think about that, when God reveals that truth to you, that this is the way that we should live our lives, you probably have a lot of questions, uh, probably have a conversation with God in your heart. Uh, It might be something like this. God, do you know this person and you want me to stop complaining about them? It might be something like this um, that we say in our heart. Do you know the stuff that I've been dealing with at my job? I mean, everything seriously, God. I've got to complain about this. I might even get in an argument with someone about this. It might be that in our minds we think things such as this. God, my health. I mean, my blood pressure was out of whack and then I got this broken toe two weeks ago and you know next week they're doing this test where they're going to be testing for the big c word cancer and you don't want me to complain lord that's going to be tough and you know god tells us to do this because he knows it goes against our human nature He knows that the only way that we're going to be able to do it is through Him. So you're absolutely right. Everybody complains. But that's why God wants us not to. You see, the world around you, those people around you, your wife, your kids, your parents, your co-workers, your doctors, your fellow church members, they would recognize a difference in you. They would recognize the difference in the way that you handle things and the way that they handle things. If we did everything, absolutely everything, without grumbling or arguing, we would stand out. People would see you. As blameless and pure. Just like he says here in Philippians, so that you may become blameless and pure. And that's not telling us how to be saved, how to wash ourselves of our sin. Although it does come right after a sometimes misunderstood passage where Paul tells the Philippians to continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But even in that passage, he says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Now, it's not a reference to the attempt 
to earn one's salvation by works. Rather, it's talking about an expression of our salvation in our spiritual growth and development as a Christian. This passage, it's not saying that we're going to become absolute sinless perfection, but rather it's a wholehearted devotion to doing God's will. As we continue to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, we find that we do everything without grumbling and complaining. Again, this hits me right here. Because what Paul is telling us, what God is telling us through Paul's words is that the complaining Christian... The argumentative Christian is the immature Christian, the childish Christian. We all know that I have a three-year-old at home, uh, whiny sometimes, argumentative when he doesn't get his way. It's childish. And it's okay for a three-year-old to act that way. Although we try to train and teach him that there's a better way, that there's God's way. Again, this hits me hard to not complain, to not grumble, to not dispute, to not bicker. But it's the Word of God and it's the truth and it is the truth whether I like it or not. And, and, you know, but going further, looking at what Paul is saying in these two verses, he's talking about shining in the world around us. And it's it's showing us how the world is going to perceive us. I think that's even more so what Paul is saying when he says so that you may become blameless and pure. He's talking about the way that outsiders would see us as Christians, blameless, pure. And Paul quotes, well. Actually, he he doesn't quote directly, but he uses the exact same words that are in the Song of Moses. In Deuteronomy 32.5, there's this um, passage where Moses is talking, and it's called the Song of Moses. And this is what uh, what Moses says there. He says in Deuteronomy 32.5, They have acted corruptly toward him. To their shame, they're no longer his children, but a warped and crooked generation. Paul, here in Philippians, puts a positive spin on that. And instead of saying, not his children, but a part of this warped and crooked generation, he says it like this. You will become children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. See, that's what the children of God should be. Standing out in this world. Different. From this world. And I know that's a hard thing to do. God knows it's something that we can only do through Him, relying upon Him, connected to Him, taking on His attitude and His love and His grace, allowing His greatness, His vastness to overshadow all those things that we want to complain about. Instead of complaining, we learn to just look to Him. That's what a Christian does. That's what a child of God does. Looking to Him. And we recognize that the things that we want to complain about, God has it in His hands. He understands it. He gets it. 
And we also recognize that sometimes those things are just so trivial. We do more harm than we do good by complaining. What do we really have to complain about? We're the children of the living God. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. He has it all in His hands. He's bigger than any problem we could face. He understands how to deal with difficult people. I mean, they crucified His Son. He's more loving and pure than any fiendish thing that this warped and crooked generation could ever throw at us. He has got this. What do we have to complain about? So I've got a question for you this morning, and I know that there's a lot packed into this question. I know it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to live. It's a hard prescription to follow. But the question is this. Do you want to shine? Do you want the people around you to see the glory and the radiance of your God in your life? Do you want to shine like the stars in the sky? Imagine. Imagine what it would do for your life. Imagine what it would do for your family, for your workplace. Imagine what it would do for your church. That feeling of looking up into the night sky and being amazed at the beauty of the stars, amazed at the vastness of our universe, amazed at the greatness of our God. We can bring that feeling to everyone we come in contact with, shining like the stars. Every single person in which your life will intersect. And all we have to do is this. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word that speaks to our hearts, speaks to our lives, shows us the way in which we can go, shows us the life that we can live through you. And Father, sometimes it's hard stuff. It's hard to look and delve into your word and to see a reflection of who we are compared to who you are. Uh, But Father, we look to you. We ask you. To give us the strength, the compassion, the love, the grace to do exactly what you've asked us to. To live our lives in such a way that you are glorified. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we don't have to do this alone. We don't have to do it through our own strength. But when we look to you, you provide the strength. You provide the ability, and you work in and through us. And Father, as we um, as we enter into this time of, of invitation, Father, I pray that you would 
speak to our hearts. I pray that you would um, help us to cling to you so that we can live our lives for you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In just a minute, we're going to have a hymn of invitation and... um, Brian Miller, our, our youth minister, is going to come and he's going to stand here in the front. And, you know, um, I always think of this time in our service as one of the most important moments in the life of the Christian, in the life of a church, because it gives us an opportunity to do business with God. It gives us an opportunity to reflect upon his word and to um, to be challenged to to do exactly what we've been called to do. And maybe there's a decision that you need to make in your life. Maybe there's um, maybe the decision is that you want to to know what being a Christian is all about, that you want to know um, how um, that happens. We would love to share with you. There's people that are already here ready to to explain that, to open God's word and show you that Uh, maybe you want to. Um, use this as a time to make the, the decision to join this church fellowship, to be a part of um, this place and um, to uh, join us in serving God together. Uh, maybe you, like me, you just need a moment to reflect upon God's word, to be challenged by God's word, to allow it to sink in and to say, Lord, I can't do this without you. But it's something that you've asked us to do, so I ask that you would help me. Whatever it is that God is leading you to do, I hope you'll respond as we just stand together and as we sing. <laughs>